Okay, here is the final episode of the podcast. I also feel bad because I took a really long time talking. And in the last episode, I like, I don't know what happened. I just like ran out of energy. Religion truly is an opiate. I just could not keep my energy up for that last episode. But here I'm going to try to wrap up. Um, I'm going to go back to Kierkegaard and I'm going to close out a quick summary of what we have gained and all that fun stuff. Okay, so the integral question that we have to ask ourselves before we, uh, up, you know, say feminism is like spirituality and like this uh, Kierkegaardian framework. <laughs> I'm just using words today. Um, is that can this dream of eradicated patriarchy be what we're ultimately concerned with? Uh, with I mean, the answer is, like, if you were... I'm going to appeal to authority real quick and say yes because of Ruther's Midrash. And then I will actually explain myself by saying... um, Very, like, not really quoting Tillich. Not really sure if, like, Professor last semester didn't say that or if it was him. I will uh, cite both of them, but, like, I don't really know who said this. But, um... It is in the sense that an eradicated patriarchy is somewhat incomprehensible in the same way or in a similar sense in the way that God's like heaven and his ideal existence is incomprehensible and that we can't mediate it through um, language by clearly, you know, expressing meaning in that way. By that, I simply mean that um, the forces that produce subjects, and this is only applicable, I'm only going to argue it's applicable to like Western societies and then specifically the United States of America, but probably has applications to many societies. The forces that produce subjects within societies, and also, this is also in part, I'm going to cite um, a, another lecture from my introduction to gender and feminist studies because this is something that we talked about. Um, that produces subjects are, I have to say, markedly patriarchal. I don't know if there's a way to have an individual who interacts with our society, given its history. And again, we went to Augustine to like kind of like show this history, but um, given its history of patriarchy, um, I would just argue that like yeah, it's somewhat hard to imagine that there's a way that you can interact with society in the most general sense and not be have internalized beliefs uh that were a result of like patriarchal forces. So in that sense when um the Queen of Heaven is giving her message directly to Mary and Mary is sitting there contemplating um if it's possible, it's not just like a question of it's not a historical question, like a question like over time we will achieve this. It's honestly it's a question of possibility. Um this idea of eradicated patriarchy has this like um, lack of material failability, we'll call it. And by that, I just mean like if you believe in something and you can't necessarily see it um, play out, you know, like if um, now I am actually quoting Tillich or like referencing him, but like nationalism is a belief where you can see the belief play out like your nation can fall or your nation could, I don't know, conquer the world. In that sense, you can be either 
let down or you can enjoy um you know a nation conquering the world this idea of eradicated patriarchy in part because of Ruther's point that like we always launch ourselves from previous traditional bedrock it is hard to imagine that ever truly happening not to say that it's just a dream but it has this character where it is just a possible it is just a possibility not to say just as in it's nothing more than a possibility but it's something that is hard to understand because like that's to, to say that you understand it is to say that you understand how these like um existing forces shape your personality and your and your and yourself and that's I mean Kierkegaard kind of like goes into this in his other work I briefly mentioned the concept of anxiety like to say that you un- have an understanding in that sense like just saying but merely saying that shows that you really don't but um <laughs> so that's why I'm saying or I'm arguing that feminism is in a way similar to spirituality and again we have to go back to the caveat that there are ways that um you know, just relating to God is, um, like, not necessarily, I wouldn't say it was feminist. Like, when we talk about the example with Mona, it's not, it's not necessarily a feminist um, movement that the praying woman is doing. But um, I would just say that feminism in and of itself and the goals of it definitely have that characteristic of um possibility that like characterizes transcendence and transcendent notions and i think ruther although she doesn't really immediately explain that in the first chapter of her book that we read or we didn't read it um (laughs) i summarized it um i think it implicit in her midrash is like is the same conclusion so i'm not gonna say I want to be clear that I'm not going to say that she makes the same point that I'm making or that she is saying that feminism is spirituality. So I think for um, religious people, that's a pretty, that might be seen as like a pretty undesirable conclusion to have in the sense that um, religion is so important to so many people that saying feminism is like religion I don't really mean to then say that we don't need religion is all I'm trying to say I'm trying to say that we can be spiritual about feminism and I think that what I've learned again going back to the intro to this I was just like a stem kid and stem kids are so annoying but like um I really didn't I would never have known that like this theology and philosophy are such rich like in like meaning like these fields have my study in them has actually changed the way I like behave and look at things in such a positive way I feel so I don't know I feel like I wouldn't be able to handle things in life in general had I not had these considerations and um I just think it's cool to be able to say feminism is like spiritual and like to have like this line of thought especially for people I considered myself like atheistic like prior to um prior to like some point in spring last semester I would honestly say I was atheistic and then I had a professor who 
kind of made me realize that questions about God's existence are boring and not interesting in the sense that there are far more interesting questions about the realities and the needs that religion speaks to than it is to say that God does or doesn't exist and that it's quite myopic, myopic, it's quite myopic to like think that you can settle religion, quote unquote, by just saying like God's not real, like there's so much historical, again, all that, we're talking about that traditional bedrock, but like also just like genealogically, there's so much historical, um, religion is representative of so much meaning in humanity, so um, I guess that somehow also, that also that whole closing that conclusion somewhat moonlights uh, advertisement for theology courses. I would just say that although some of them can be, the one I just took especially was, um, let's just say finals week was, finals week was rough, but the, I really appreciate the classes I've had in the theology department as well as philosophy department as well. And um, if you're an Oberman student listening to this, which like, I don't know, could happen, probably isn't going to happen, but it could happen. Um, I could really only say good things about taking theology courses, especially if you think that science is that cool, because like, when you really think about it, and these courses do make you think about it, science isn't that cool. And, uh, um, yep, I, I think that I don't have much more to say. I will have a bibliography somewhere. I don't know how this app works, but there will be bibliography. Maybe I'll just like post a Google link to it. I'm not really sure why I'm thinking about this. I should probably end the thing, so I'm going to end it now. Goodbye. Thank you.